My name is Lori Setzer. I am a retired pharmacist, and I've been shagging since 2006. Lori and her late husband, John, both pharmacists, had a love for the Grand Strand and one of its oldest traditions, a dance called the Carolina Shag. We moved to North Myrtle Beach in part because of the beach and the other part because of the shag community and the fact that we absolutely just loved our time here. Lori's experience with formal shag dancing started one year around Valentine's Day. John asked his wife what she wanted as a gift. He's like, I'm out of ideas. What do you want? I said something that we have to do together because we were working a lot and our schedules weren't the same. And he said, well, you've always wanted shag lessons. See if you can find somebody that will teach. I had taken tap and ballet at age five. I don't think that counts. So I Googled and found Daryl. Daryl Gaither, a shag dance instructor, DJ, and overall connoisseur of all things shag related. People that have never heard of shag, they say, well, how would you describe shag? And I said, well, look at shag as jitterbug on bayum. Discover South Carolina presents The Palmetto Porch, a podcast featuring the state's most charming places, some you may not have heard of. I'm Devin Whitmire. All season long, we'll hear locals share their unique experiences and passions and their perspectives on where they live. Lying just off the beaten path, these small town destinations are full of culture, fun, and adventure. Let's rewind a bit. Shag dancing? What is it? Well, it's a type of dance dating back to the 1930s that originated from what was called beach music. Beach music is a subgenre of what we know today as R&B. And if you think about the 30s and 40s, segregation was very much in play in the South in particular, but the United States as a whole. And the Black artists, their music was not heard on white radio stations. So in order to hear those artists, you had to go to clubs where African-Americans performed. Patrons would go to those clubs and be mesmerized by what was happening on the dance floor. Many of these clubs were in the North Myrtle Beach area. I've always heard Shag being connected with the Grand Strand area. What's the association between Shag and the North Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand? If, if you had to say that there is a Mecca shag, it is Ocean Drive, which is one of the beaches that comprises North Myrtle Beach. What's a great thing to do in the summertime? Get a job as a lifeguard, waiting tables, whatever, and you get to spend the summer at the beach. And during their downtime, they mimicked what they saw in those clubs with some creative changes. Well, they then begin to take those steps and kind of slow them down because the beach is hot. Think in 30s and 40s, there wasn't air conditioning. These were open air pavilions that they were going to dance at. Yeah. And they would dance. And so they slowed the music down and the dance so that they weren't so sweaty. It's hard to pick up girls when you're sweating. This is the dance Lori and John began learning from Daryl. It was enough to convince the couple to relocate. I grew up coming to the North Myrtle Beach area on vacation. And we decided to do a vacation home in part because Daryl had had us um, 
down for a weekend right after we started taking shag lessons for him. We came down for 4th of July weekend, stayed with him in his condo, and we had a blast. Okay. And he he took us out shagging, and we were very green and new at it uh, at that point in time. And we rode home going, if he has a place at the beach, why don't we have a place at the beach? So I've always blamed Daryl for being here. Daryl told me his own stories around shag dancing. I was first introduced to the shag at the Old Myrtle Beach Pavilion in 1968. Loved the music, but more importantly to me, there was a lot of good-looking young ladies there, and I wanted to learn what they were doing. So a couple ladies were kind enough to show me the basic step and a couple of turns, and I went home and practiced really hard, and I came back a few months later and asked a lady to dance, and she said, well, you do a pretty good basic, but you're dancing on a female foot. I said, ooh, I guess that means there's a male foot. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to relearn, and, uh, you know, then... Uh, family came along and jobs got in the way. And uh, so it was hit or miss until probably the, I guess, mid-80s. And then really got into it and uh, danced for a while, then started teaching a little bit, and then got into competition dancing and the CSA, which is Competitive Shaggers Association, and the SPA, which was just another Division of Dance, Shag Preservation Association. And then just from there, started teaching and kept competing until about 2015. And now just do like mixed doubles contests for fun and just have a good time. I love that. So been teaching about, well, a little over 25 years. Lori and I actually formed the Ocean Drive uh, Shag Club dance team okay uh so we put a dance together choreographed all the moves and spent countless hours teaching our team synchronization timing uh the steps that we wanted them to do and uh we've done quite a number of exhibitions to raise money for the shag club and also some charity events which has been widely accepted and we've already got things booked into next year. So it's been quite a ride. That's so cool. What is, you're mentioning these competitions, these exhibitions. Do you guys have a moment that stands out to you that made you really proud in regards to competing or exhibiting the shag? Well, the, uh, I guess what it stands out is when I got my first win in competitive shag. Uh, it was a contest at a local club here called Ducks. I've been to Ducks. Uh, ducks, like quack, quack, ducks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was a what they call the keepers of the shag contest and just were fortunate enough to win that. So that really stands out from a competitive stance. But overall, my thing I'm most proud of is that the people that I and then Lori and I have taught over the years. It's seeing them still love the dance, love the music, and they have gone on to compete and win uh, national championships. 
So that's, uh, that makes you feel good. Daryl, can you put us, say, I've, I've never attended a shag competition um, or event. Can you put me there? Describe what I would experience if I walked in to see this competition happening. You would uh, almost feel the tension in the air from the competitors. <laughs> you would see them off in a corner or maybe in the back room, such as Fat Harrell's, and they're practicing their steps, trying to refine it. But then the excitement, you know, just sort of takes over. And we like for people when we're competing, we like for them to, to yell and clap. And, you know, it's not a tennis match. We like the crowd to get into it. We like them to clap their hands. But there is nothing that can prepare you for the feeling you get when you step on that floor and you've got 300 people watching just you. In North Myrtle Beach, there are several yearly events around the Carolina Shag. Exhibitions, competitions, all kinds of classes, all happening around clubs. Lori knew she would never compete in Shag, or so she thought. My husband and I had decided very early on that competitive shagging wasn't going to be our thing. We were working like crazy and it was like, mm, that's not going to work for us. And we were at a charity contest one night, actually to support Daryl. And one of the people that was working the contest came over and said, we don't have enough people in the beginner category to dance. You guys need to dance. And we're like, that's not happening. We don't have a routine put together. We've done nothing. And he said, well, I'm going to stand behind your chair. Do you guys sign up? And I said, then you're standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and so he disappeared for a while and he came back with a grin on his face. And he said, I just signed you guys up. Y'all are dancing. No. So, oh, my goodness. So we danced that one with no no routine plan, just cold. And yeah. we actually, and we won. Of course you did. Oh my goodness, what a story. I imagine these dancers wearing flashy costumes, but shag wear is comfortable and even practical. Ladies typically wear felt bottom shoes. The fellas wear ones with a leather sole. Good for gliding across the floor, I guess. And there may be times where the clothes get dressy, but you heard it earlier, no one wants to get sweaty. So how does one begin to learn to dance the shag? And what is that like? Daryl and I tell people that the toughest four weeks in shag is the beginning four weeks. So the first four weeks, you learn the basic step, which shag is an eight count or an eight weight shift dance done in six beats of music because mm -hmm. we dance we dance on the ends on the and so you'll learn the basic you'll learn a female turn a male turn and the start of the dance so that's really four weeks um and how to count the steps with the rhythm of the music you know and you start learning the basic yourself then you get a partner so that's the first challenge and then we put it to music and that's another challenge so sort of steps, but when they finish the four weeks, they can go on the floor and can dance a song and be comfortable. How are you guys attracting younger people to learn and appreciate this dance? It's actually through our lessons. 
Uh, we teach juniors mm-hmm. and adults, and we actually depend on them, you know, to spread the word to the younger folks uh, and keep the dance alive. And the camaraderie between the juniors is amazing. They have no fear. They share all their steps. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to watch these guys dance, and it makes you realize just how old you are when you watch them because juniors that I taught years ago are now married and have kids that are dancing as juniors. So that that really fills your heart with joy. Yeah. What would you say as you both you both teach? Yes. What what do you like most? Is that what you say you like most about teaching others how to dance? Uh we love teaching. But like I said, the the biggest thing is it always puts a smile on your face when you see people that were previously wallflowers. They would stand and watch and clap their hands and tap their feet, but never get on the floor. And now they've got the confidence to where they get on the floor and are having a great time. It's just like, you know, I tell them in our advertisement, stop making excuses, start making memories, get on the floor. You know, it's a get on the floor, get on the floor and dance. I want to hear and Lori, we'll start with you. And then I'd love to hear from Daryl, too. But how does the greater community in North Myrtle Beach view the shag dance? This is the Mecca for shag. The original shag clubs in the state are here. It's a shag Mecca, for lack of a better phrase. And this community, it really is not only a shag community, but it's a community of friends. And a lot that are in North Myrtle Beach are retirees. And this is what we do. I mean, we shag and and this has really been a great support system for all of us. I have to say, I mentioned I was just in North Myrtle Beach and I went to Fat Herald's and it was hopping. There were a lot of people there and they were having a great time. And I wanted to dance. I was a wallflower that night, Daryl. I'm sorry. I didn't get out <laughs> on the dance floor. But I want to go back. And even we we circled back and it was it was pretty late. We now this was like a mom and dad's night out. I don't normally stay out that late, but there were still people going in to dance at Fat Harold's at like midnight. And I was so impressed. Um <laughs> <laughs> but there really are people that they were having such a good time. And it was a lot of fun to watch you guys out on the dance floor. It was great. So I'd love to hear what do you think is in the future for the Carolina Shag? In my experience through the years, these juniors that we're teaching now, they, you know, get out of college, they get jobs, they get married, they have children. But it it comes full circle because once their children get old enough and they're interested, they come back and they're teaching their kids and they're all out there dancing as a family. And the shag is not just an activity, uh, especially in this area of South Carolina, North Myrtle Beach. It's really a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the people that I have met over the last 30 plus years, they're more like family. Uh, 
will do anything in the world they can to help you. It doesn't matter if it's dance or you got a project somewhere you need help with. Like I say, it's a lifestyle down here. That's that's just what we do. So let's talk a little bit about how has the shag changed over the years? Daryl, do you want to start and then we can hear from Lori too? Sure. The biggest change over the years has been that years ago, we people said we danced in a circle, okay? Which, if you look back, we actually did because it didn't matter what direction that you let your partner out in. And it's evolved now to where everybody dances in a track. We dance north and south, east or west, or you can compare it to dancing on a diving board. And what I've seen change, because there's really like an old school shag and the new shag, so to speak. And it's mainly, you know, the younger people. But it's a joy to watch them and watch different. And this is probably different than any other dance that I know of because you can do just about anything you want to do. As long as you stay on beat, you know, it looks great. There's always new steps being made and you see the juniors do things that are just phenomenal that those of us with maybe a little less flexibility aren't as likely to do. Uh, But that being said, um, I think Shag has continued to evolve from from where it started. And as you get more people creating more steps, there's more opportunity to learn. The Carolina Shag has had a lot of time to grow and change over the years. I feel there's a lot that goes into preserving the tradition. As dancers and instructors, Lori and Daryl do a lot of work in that area. The challenges are, A, getting it introduced to new people. And the juniors kind of go through learning. Then they have a period when families get in the way, for lack of a better phrase. And then they pick it back up once they get through family obligations. So it's really getting people involved in the dance. Probably the the biggest challenge is the availability of true shag clubs. Uh, Back in the 80s and even through the 90s, there may have been four to six shag clubs, I mean real beach and shag clubs, in a 30-mile radius. And now it's like other business. They have have thinned out and went to a different venue. But I've got to tip my hat to Harold Hurley, who is the owner of Fat Harold's. And to my knowledge, Fat Harold's is the only club, Beach and Shade Club, that is dedicated 100% to the promotion, the preservation of this dance, to the music. A lot of other clubs call themselves Shade Clubs, which is great, but they also do other things, other forms of dance. So they're not really, they're not 100% shag, uh, which Fat Harold's is. And they are open pretty much seven days a week. The staff in there have been there for years. I mean, 25 plus years. So it's just because they love it too. Yeah. So that's the biggest challenge, I think, for a lot of people is, is having a venue that they know that they can go and shag. 
I asked Lori and Daryl, how does the community keep it alive? We've been to, uh, did exhibitions. Uh, I went back during the summer to a uh, baseball game in Winston-Salem where we promoted the dance. Uh, like Lori said, we've been in the schools. We've been into assisted living facilities. And just putting it out there, you know, for Chamber of Commerce, uh, will have us doing different events. The uh, museum here will have us doing different events. But the shag clubs around the country, and there's a lot of them, they do a great job of having weekly dances. Uh, some of them have monthly dances. But they're striving to keep the dance going, keep the music going, and they do a great job. Before we said our goodbyes, I asked Lori and Daryl how they felt about the community they've been a part of for so long and the connections they've built through this South Carolina tradition. Okay. First off, North Myrtle Beach is, I guess, the uh, shag capital of the world. Okay. You know, it no specific place it started. We did know it was on the coast of South Carolina, North Carolina. But this is a an awesome place to live. It's an awesome place, you know, to get out and do what we love, and that that is dance. And I guess show off a little bit, you know, and invite people in. And I, again, I got to take my hat off to Fat uh, Harrells for their commitment to keeping this music alive, you know, and preserving this music. And again, our lifestyle, because that's exactly what it is. So I can't say enough about Pat Harrells and Harold Hurley, who owns it, and the entire staff there. They're just, like Lori said, we were even family with, you know, just the owners and the staff there. They're great people. So Shaq, for me, has been an outlet from work at first. You know, it was, it became date night. Because we would mm-hmm. go to we would go to shag lessons with Daryl, and that was our our time to to spend with each other for the week. Um, and it really has become a piece of my life that I can't imagine not having. I mean, I have made phenomenal friends, and watching the juniors come through and knowing that that is going to be the bloodline for our dance as it moves forward. You look at other dances and things that have been out there, like the Charleston. I mean, that was a rage in the 20s, but you don't hear very many people doing the Charleston anymore. If you fast forward to some of the other dances that have have been in our history, they come and they're gone. Shag has staying power because, I mean, there are shaggers out there from age four or five to 95. Mm-hmm. And it really is a community of people. And the dance has become such a part of my life that I can't imagine not doing it. There's so much of this story that I love. Lori Setzer came to North Myrtle Beach just for visits and decided to make it her home. At first, she was a student of shag dancing, but she eventually shared her knowledge and passion with others through teaching. She and Daryl actually have their own dancing group, It's called the Ocean Drive Shag Club. Check them out if you're curious. I remember spending time on the Grand Strand when I was younger. I look back on that time and smile. You may have heard it earlier, 
but I had just a bit of experience with dance in my college days. Just a bit. I remember looking forward to warm summer nights and great music, a time where I could let my hair down and put my toes in the sand. It was a time where I had the freedom to just get out there and do what Daryl said, just dance. Well, that is it, y'all, for this episode of The Palmetto Porch. Thank you again to our guests, Lori Setzer and Daryl Gaither. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend and leave a review for us on your platform of choice. It really helps us to get the word out about our show. And to learn more about North Myrtle Beach, the Carolina Shag, or anything you may have heard on the porch, visit scpalmettoporch.com. The Palmetto Porch is produced by Discover South Carolina in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People, Samantha Durgi, Michael Aquino, and Kim Wong. We'll see you next time. Take care, y'all.